Let's get it. What's up? What's up, Coop? How are you doing, my guy? As always, surviving and thriving. How are you? I'm good, man. I love to hear that. We have five very exciting teams of the Central Division to speak about. We have the Chicago Bulls, the Milwaukee Bucks, the Detroit Pistons, the Indiana Pacers, and the Cleveland Cavaliers. I can't wait to see what your thoughts are about these five teams, how we rank these five teams at the end of the show. Let's get this thing started with the world champs of two years ago, the Milwaukee Bucks. Their offseason moves included signing for the culture Joe Ingles off free agency, Project Pat Connaughton, shout out to the Chris Vernon show for all these nicknames, and Bobby Portis, they re-signed as well. Um, they re-signed Wesley Matthews, Javon Carter, Serge Ibaka. They got Marjan Beauchamp, which I absolutely love that draft pick at number 24. And they they had some re-signings of some undrafted guys as well. So, Cooper, what are your first thoughts when you think of the Milwaukee Bucks offseason, and how do you view them going into next year? Offseason, they really just they did their thing. They kept their guys. Um, obviously, it's worked with this team. Um, so they kept their guys. I love re-signing Bobby Portis. I'm so glad they didn't lose him because I think he fits so well with what they do. Um, and you're kind of seeing them slowly but surely push Bobby Portis into where Brooke Lopez was and take Brooke Lopez completely out. So, like, um, I really like how they're, uh, what they're doing over there. And, obviously, this team's going to be really good. Um, they've been really good. Um, this – really, the only thing that got them last year was losing Chris Middleton. Um, so, health is always going to be a question for every NBA team. But uh, that one specifically kind of hurt them losing him last year. Um, but this is obviously going to be a really, really good team. Easily one of the top four seeds. Um, but they had a, a quiet offseason, but they had a good one for what they wanted to do. They kept their their guys, and they had the team that they're going to run it back with. Exactly, man. If And all Bucks fans pretty much should feel this way. I would feel this way if I was a fan of Milwaukee. But if Chris Middleton was there, they're in the conference finals. I think they beat Miami. And who knows how that Warriors matchup would have been. I, I, I think Milwaukee – and Golden State is a better series, in my opinion. But, you know, we may never know. So we'll see. Uh, but, yeah, uh, just as you illustrated, man, they didn't have a crazy noisy offseason, but they did have a very, very productive one. I love the pickup of Joe Ingles, even if he's coming off an injury. Them re-signing the guys they did. Uh, Javon Carter, a guy you absolutely love from back in his Grizz days. But, um, yeah, Bobby Portis. Him sliding into Brooke Lopez's role is really, really big because I feel like he has so much more energy than Brooke Lopez. Lopez, can he can knock down that corner three for you, but, I mean, he is a lug, and I feel like Bobby Portis is less of that. As far as, like, questions going into next year, I really – this is the only team in the division I have no question going into next year. I think they can win the East. They are a top-tier finals contender, in my opinion, and they should be viewed as such. So I'm really high on the Milwaukee Bucks. I 1,000% agree with that. I was I didn't want to say it because it's one of those things, but uh, I really have no questions about this team. I have no qualms. Um, it's easy when you don't have a lot to talk about because they've done such a good job with their team and the building of it. So the Bucks are always in a good position. Absolutely. And just want just to put like a bow on there, I think Giannis can be, be competing for MVP yet again, also Defensive Player of the Year as well. So, And Drew Holiday yep. – he doesn't get talked about enough for this team. He has been huge, a great pickup for them. He played extremely well on the offensive end in the playoffs, and we all know what he can do defensively. I think Drew Holiday 
just having another year there, another year to, you know, I, I believe this is his third year really to get to play with Chris and Giannis. So, so it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. Th- that is a big three that no one talks about, because in my opinion, that is a big three up in Milwaukee. Yeah, no, I agree. I think you got a little bit of everything. They're just small market team. Um, and I guess not as big of name other than Giannis guys. So I guess that's why people don't consider it, but no, I mean, you, he's a all defensive type player. Um, and then we all know Middleton. He's an all-star. He's not a flashy all-star, but he's an all-star. Um, and he's consistent. Um, the only, Like you said, they really probably would have been in the conference finals and if probably would have won. Um, and who knows what a Warriors-Buck series looks like. But as always, that's an if so-and-so doesn't do this or so-and-so doesn't get that. And that their situation was uh, if Middleton's not hurt. Um, cause, and also if Grayson Allen knew how to shoot in those final like two three games because I love my boy but my boy lost his clip it was, <laughs> he did not was, know how to shoot <laughs> it was a tough scene for Grayson bad. Allen or a yeah. former Grizzly but let's move into another team I'm really excited about going into next year up in Chicago the Bulls their offseason moves consisted of re-signing Zach Levine ended all those Laker rumors there uh low-key good pickup for them was Andre Drummond hopefully to solidify that backup position um, he kind of does everything that Vucevic doesn't. He he defends yep. at a semi-high level, not as high as it used to be, but he defends and rebounds very, very well. Um, they drafted Dalen Terry at number 18, a guy I love, especially in summer league. Uh, Goran Dragic, they signed him in free agency. Derek Jones Jr., the high flyer, they re-signed him. And they also signed a couple undrafted free agents as well. So how do you feel about the Bulls going into next year, bro? Um, I love, love the Drummond pickup. Um, you highlighted it. He does everything that Vucevic doesn't. And that's not a knock on Vucevic, but like they kind of, they needed a Drummond last year. Like mm-hmm. one of their biggest key holes was the fact that you're playing Tony Bradley as your backup big. And they had another guy that I'm blanking on his name, but like Tony Bradley wasn't doing what you needed him to do. Drummond is arguably the best rebounder. Like there can be a case made for Drummond to be the best rebounder in the NBA right now. Mm -hmm. Um, He's averaging double doubles off the bench. Like, I mean, he he's having incredible seasons and they're just underrated because he's not coming off or he's not in the starting lineup anymore when he was with Detroit. But I love the pickup for them because you, you and I talked a lot about the bulls. They were really, really good to start the season. Then injuries kind of derailed them. Their depth got shown. Um, can Drogic and Drummond help your depth? Um, does Dalen Terry make an impact? Can he be a part of your rotation and build depth? This That's the biggest question I have for this team is your depth because obviously you don't expect the same people to get injured again, but you just had a season where you the sky was the limit. DeMar DeRozan was playing at MVP level. He was recognized for it with an All-NBA second team, if I remember correctly. Yes, um, second team, I believe. And he just couldn't get over the hump because you had so many guys out. Um, and it's just one of those things. Can DeMar replicate that season? Um, and can his depth be there? Can his supporting cast be there all season? And I think the Dragic and Drummond signings definitely helped that a long way. I'm glad you spoke on the Andre Drummond front. I absolutely love that pickup too. And having Alex Caruso and Lonzo Ball healthy is massive. Hopefully they can stay that way. But with them, I I view them 
as the team they were at the beginning of last year. I think they can replicate that more, especially with Andre Drummond as your backup big instead of Tony Bradley, like you said. Um, the Dalen Terry kid, super exciting. I really can't wait to see what he can do up there, especially with Chicago's recent history of being able to develop uh, first-round picks. People forget about Io DeSumo. He had a really big rookie year for them last year. Yep. Uh, all the reports are saying that he put on some weight and is looking good. So I'm I'm stoked for the Bulls. I'm going to be – I mean, you and I, we ranked league pass teams. I know Chicago is not a league pass area. It's a massive, massive city. But I can't wait to watch them every night because they're going to be really, really fun to watch, and especially yeah. DeMar and Zach Levine. You know how much uh, – I love those two guys. So I think the Chicago Bulls, the biggest question for them is how far can they go with Caruso and Lonzo? Um, I personally believe they could go as far as the conference finals with those two guys healthy. How do you feel about that? I, I could see them being in the conference finals. Um, and we, we haven't mentioned a guy that also wasn't healthy all last year with Patrick Williams, a guy they took uh, – there's other five or six. I don't remember where he was. But I know he was in that top six little mm. window right there. Um, and he wasn't healthy at all last season either. So that's just another key piece coming back. Um, I I really did think this team could go to the conference finals. Um, and I think they could have competed. I mean, DeMar DeRozan was playing out of his out of this world last season. But the problem was he was the only one on the team exactly. <laughs> who could do anything. Like, I mean, it, everybody else was in a boot or anything else on the sideline. And, I mean, it's just uh, – if he could get the help and he doesn't even have to replicate last season, but if he plays at that level, maybe the stats aren't there because you have other people contributing, but like if he plays anything up to the caliber he was playing last year, this team's going to go very, very far with the people they, and the pieces they have. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I think another question for them is how, how good can Nikola Vucevic be for you? He was an all-star all-star in Orlando, but I mean, everything I hear from Bulls fans is they're not the highest on Vucevic, so hopefully he can flip the script on how the, all the storylines written about him. So hopefully he can be good and be at least a competent defender, spread the court for you on offense, and really fit in with the other stars there. But we, we will see because with him in the game, man, he just gets attacked and thrown in every pick and roll, and you, you know what's going to happen. It's just he can't stop it. Yeah, exactly. Their defense last year was pretty, pretty rough. So let's, I think I think with the three guys we've talked about coming back from injury, uh, I think that can go a long way in helping that, helping cover up some of that defensive liabilityness. Absolutely. Let's move to a young, exciting team up in Cleveland, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Their offseason moves consisted of restarting, re-signing their all-star guard Darius Garland. They uh, re-signed Ricky Rubio in free agency. They drafted a guy you and I love and OJ Abaji. I'm sorry if I mispronounce his name, but I, I, everyone knows who that Kansas kid is, man. So um, they also re-signed Robin Lopez. Or no, they signed him from free agency. They got Raul Neto, that guy from the Wizards. And they drafted Isaiah Mobley. That's Evan Mobley, brother, I believe. And they re-signed RJ Nimhart. So that's going to be... It, it wasn't a very busy offseason. Obviously, they needed to sign, you know, the young guard and Darius Garland, but it wasn't very loud. But how do you feel about Cleveland going into next year? I love Cleveland. Um, I don't remember if I had them at number one on my uh, league pass or if I had them on there at all, but I've talked a lot about how much I love this team. Mm -hmm. um, I just wrote fun, young, exciting team, dark mm -hmm. horse. Um, mm -hmm. I think this team – 
with Darius Garland can make a leap. I love Evan Mobley. I've loved Evan Mobley since he's come out of the draft. Um, Jared Allen, the fro, isn't even talked about as much with this team because there's just so much fun young people and pieces on this team. You got Karis LeVert, um, and you got Lori Marketing. Like, they have the most seven-footers starting in a rotation that I've ever seen in my life. But I think this team can be really competitive. Um, I don't know where they could be because it's one of those things where, like, you could be really competitive and be at the 7-8, yeah. but you could also be really competitive and be in that top six echelon. I really think this team can be in a top six conversation. Uh, it's just going to be a matter of can your young guys keep the eye on the prize? Um, and honestly, I'm putting all eyes on Darius Garland. Um, you're the point guard of this team. Can you take another leap? Like, I mean, he looked awesome last year, but can you can you take an all-star level type leap um, and lead your team into a playoff run? Um, I, I'm really excited for this cast team. You already mentioned Agbaji. I love that pick. I was praying that the Grizzlies would move up to get him. Um, I think he's going to be – a really good complimentary role player for this team. Uh, something that they've been kind of missing and waiting for out of Isaac Okoro. Um, I think our budget can do that in spades. Um, I think he's very NBA ready. And I, I, I really do like this team. I, I mean, I say dark horse because I, I legitimately think that they can compete uh, um, and be really, really good this year. I want to be bold and say they could, you know, have a Memphis Grizzlies type leap in the standings next year, just because Jaw was going into his third year. Darius Garland is now going into his third year. And they also have another guy, a second year guy that can make a massive leap as well. And Evan Mobley and the Grizzlies had that last year in Desmond Bain. But I think with how deep the Eastern conference is this year, I just can't go that far. I think it'll be a successful season. If they're in the top six, I could see them being in the play in yet again. Um, but they still have a big question mark in Colin Sexton. Everything you read is possible trade packages they could get for him and whatnot, and if they're going to pay him if they aren't. But that is a bit of drama because that is a 20-point-per-game score. He wasn't there for most of the year last year, so how can he fit in there? We know he's not going to pass the ball, but he is. He can get on a heater very, very quickly. But we'll, we'll see when it comes to Cleveland, man. Yeah. I forgot. I totally forgot. Sex has not even been signed yet because he's just kind of sitting there. Mm. Um, I feel like if they sign him, you'd kind of have a. I'm not a luxury. You'd have too many guys that don't really pass the ball because I mean, Karis LeVert's probably a little bit better at it, but mm. a little bit older too. But yeah, the Sexton. I'm I'm honestly shocked that Sexton's still available because um, he's not the worst defender but he's also not the greatest he's he's a pretty average defender and he's just annoying because we've seen how he guards jaw um and he, like you said he can get on a heater he'd be like a great six man lou will type uh just a little bit better of a defender so like i'm shocked that sex is not out there but uh yeah we'll we'll definitely see on cleveland i'm super high on them and i i can't wait to watch them I agree. Let's move to another young, exciting team. Speaking of league pass teams, the Detroit Pistons, I will be tuned in pretty much every night for them as well. Uh, their offseason moves consisted of drafting Jaden Ivey at number five, drafting Jalen Dern at number 13, trading for Alec Burks, Nerlens Noel, and Kemba Walker. I, I believe Kemba's going to get bought out. I think that's what's happening. Don't quote me on that. They also re-signed Marvin Bagley, and they signed Kevin Knox as a free agent. So, how do you feel about Detroit going into next year? 
Detroit was busy um, mm-hmm. on draft night, on just in general, they've been busy. Um, I, I really don't know who all is going to play for them out of those trade packages. I like Nerlens Noel and I like Alec Burks, but I don't know where they kind of fit on this team's timeline. Um, I I love Jaden Ivey. I love Jaden Ivey. I love Jalen Duran. I think Jaden Ivey is a sneaky pick for rookie of the year. Uh, he has a lot of a lot of John Moran in him. Um, and John'll say that himself. So I'm, that's not just me pulling that out of the hat. That's John Moran himself. Um, this is a fun young core. Um, I think they can be competitive, but I don't think they're going to just win very many games. You can be competitive and lose, but uh, I think they're going to be a fun team. I think they can be a play-in team, uh, just kind of with some of the landscape of the other teams in their uh, in the East. I think they're better than the Wizards. I think they're better than a team that we're coming up on. So you just got to be better than two more teams to sneak into the play-in. So I think they could be a play-in team, and I think it's going to be really good for this young core to kind of gel together to play – even if it's just the playing games, I think it's a good experience for them to play in the playoff atmosphere. Um, but this young core is going to be really fun. And can Kate Cunningham take a leap uh, in his second season? It's going to be something I'm looking for. Absolutely. Kate Cunningham's definitely in the route running for uh, most improved players, especially if they can have a winning record. Um, him with Jalen, Jaden Ivy. I want to see how that looks. I want to see if they can coexist together. Jalen Duran's going to be a beast in the paint. Uh, Marvin Bagley, can he revitalize his career? I know he just got a contract, which is crazy, but can he, like, prove the haters wrong even more? I don't know. They did lose Jeremy Grant, which really doesn't matter to me. Um, But my biggest question for them is, can they have a winning season with all this excitement in the offseason? Can they put it on the floor and have a winning season? I think they can. The best-case scenario, I see them being, you know, four or five games over 500. That would be a massive success. I'm just happy for Pistons fans. They haven't had anything to be excited about in the longest amount of time, and they they should be very excited this year. I agree. Uh, I think Detroit is in one of the better positions I've seen in my lifetime. Um, Absolutely. Or at least since I've been watching basketball. I think this is one of the better positions because I remember the teams with, like, a baby drumming, a Monroe, uh, uh, Jenny, Brandon Jennings, Stucky. I remember those teams and like they were kind of fun and exciting, but they just never, never got really over the hump. So, like, that's the last time I remember them even being relatively good. Tayshawn Prince, even before he came to the Grizz. Like, I remember those teams, but like, other than that, I couldn't tell you a single like Pistons team that's been like anything relatively good to put on the court. And I think the Pistons fans are in a position where you have a young core for a good amount of time that I think at some point can definitely be in that top six in the conference. I think this year is definitely a playing year for them. Uh, and I think that's going to be a great season if they're in the play-in at all. For sure. You'd have to crank it back to 4 and their title run really <laughs> to have glory days with, uh, you know, Chauncey Billups, uh, Ben. Yeah. Ben yeah. It's, I, I'm, I'm just excited for Detroit fans. They, they deserve to, you know, cherish this moment because they have a bright future well beyond this year as well. Let's move into yeah. a uh, team who has a questionable future. Um, this is <laughs> – we have that one team for every division, I feel like. But the Indiana Pacers, Pacers fans don't beat us up too bad, but I don't know how much we're going to have to say about your team. I will go through the offseason moves. They drafted Benedict Matherin at number six, Andrew Nimhart at number 31, Kendall Brown at 48, Hugo Pesson at 58. Resigned Jalen Smith. That's kind of exciting. 
they got Daniel Tice in that Brogdon trade. They also got Aaron Neesmith in that Brogdon trade as well. Uh, obviously, they lost Malcolm Brogdon, and they lost TJ Warren to the Nets. So how do you feel going going into next season for Indiana? I give them an A-plus draft, um, and, I, and that's 1,000% serious. Um, I like Matherin a lot. I think he's exciting to pair next to uh, my boy uh, Tyrese Halliburton, who I do love. But the first – I mean, literally the first thing I wrote next to Indiana is how deep will this rebuild go? Yeah. Because, um, like, it's one of those things where I feel like you're in – I'm going to compare him to OKC, a team we talked about last week. Mm-hmm. Um I think Tyrese is your Shea. Um, now you just got to piece everything around him. I, 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 this draft really does help. Um, I think this is a good draft, but and I love Jalen Smith and I like that resigning. But you're not really going to wow anybody with the team you have on the court. And mm-hmm. I really don't see Buddy Hill and Miles Turner lacing up in a Pacers uniform by the end of the season because they were trying to trade Turner last year and then he got hurt. And so they were like, all right, I guess we're trading Sabonis now. And so like they were trying to get rid of both of them, but they just ultimately couldn't because he got hurt. And I think Buddy Hill is going to be better suited on a championship type contending team. So how deep will this rebuild go is kind of where I'm going to start and leave it. Cause you have a, you have a young team. Can any of them pan out? Um, do they fit together? Um, it's really, Pacers are just really kind of one big question mark right now. They're going to be one of the worst teams in the league, and that's just kind of how it's going to be. Sorry, Pacers fans. Yeah, it, that's unfortunately how it's going to be. You're going to be a bottom-of-the-barrel team. My my biggest question for them is, can Tyrese Halliburton finally average over 20-plus points? He's been on a very poor team all of his career, and he gets all these stat heads – on his meet about how good he is. And I, I get like Tyrese Halliburton's a fine player to me, but did Sacramento win this trade when everybody thought they lost it? That's Sabonis and cause Sabonis has been an all-star. Can Tyrese Halliburton like get close to that? Cause he's been in the league for four years and the most he's averaged is 17 points a game. Can he get above 20? If he gets above, you know, well above 20, I think it's a successful season for the Pacers because then you have something to build around right now. Like, I don't know what the hell you build around. I, I really don't, unless Matherin just, you know, has borderline a rookie of the year campaign. I don't know if I see that, but that's what I look for when it comes to the Pacers, bro. Yeah, there are a lot of question marks. <laughs> How deep yeah. will it go? Poor, exactly. And poor Rick Carlisle came over there thinking he was going to coach a, somewhat of a playoff team, and then all of a sudden they're like, yeah, dog, we're training all the guys who you yeah. thought you were going to coach. Rick um, to Rick, so, man. <laughs> yeah, the fact that Rick Carlisle still isn't coaching the Mavs is still beyond me, but yeah, that's that's my opinion. That's one man's opinion. Yeah, that's that's true, bro. Um, let's rank these teams. So everybody's been waiting waiting for. So Coop, give me five to one your teams in the Central Division next year. Um, shocker at five. Um, I got the Pacers. <laughs> um. I'm going to be honest with you. It really was hard for me to put the Pistons at four, but I mean, at the end of the day, they're still a young team and like the, the other teams in this division are probably going to be better than you. I think I might surprise you with my three, two, one though. At three, I got the Bulls. At two, I've got the Cavs. And at one, I got the Bucks. Obviously the Bucks at one are not surprising, but 
it's not that I'm low on the Bulls. It's just I, I really am a believer in the Cavs. That's probably naive, but I like I love JB Bickerstaff. I love this team. I really think they can they can be a dark horse team, and so I gotta stick with my guns. Um, and obviously, I think the Bucks are gonna easily be one of the top four seeds. So that's obviously gonna put them at the top of this division. But I think you have, and it's probably wild to say, but I do think you have three of the top six seeds in this division in Milwaukee, Chicago, and Cavs. So it's going to be a really competitive East. It's going to be a really competitive central division. Um, and obviously divisions don't really matter as much in every, in this in NBA as every other sport, but uh, for the purpose of talking, I think this is going to be a really fun division. Um, and let's go Cavs. Mm-hmm. I I kind of, I did see that coming the way you're talking about the Cavs. I understand <laughs> that. Uh, my five to one, I have the Milwaukee Bucks at number five. I'm playing. <laughs> I, I, got, <laughs> I got the Indiana Pacers, obviously, at number five. Four is the same as yours in Detroit. I hated putting them there, just like you said. They're going to have an exciting season, but this is a tough division. Number three, I had the Cleveland Cavaliers. I could go as far as to say that Detroit and Cleveland could be competing for that three. I think just with how deep the East is, especially with Kevin Durant returning to the Brooklyn Nets, um. I, I could see the Cavs in a play-in tournament and ceiling. I could see Detroit as a seven or eight seed in that play-in tournament. So I got Cleveland at three. Uh, we all know how I feel about Chicago. I'm super high on them. So I got them at number two going into next year. And at number one, the obvious of the obvious is Milwaukee. I think they are the best contender in the East going into next year. And I think that this may be, another championship in this in the city of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So I, I'm excited as hell for the Milwaukee Bucks. This is a great division. Really top to four, but not at five. But yeah, it's it's got four great solid teams in this division. And I can't wait to watch Central Division next year. X facts. And I think we're only two months away from the start of basketball, Jack. So Let's we'll be get getting it, to see them pretty soon. So let's get it. It may be less I think it's about I think it's like five weeks now, like a month and a half. A little yeah, less from month recent. and a half. Yeah, a couple of weeks from uh, training camp as well. But speaking of that, this Saturday, Cooper and I will be doing an in-person podcast we cannot wait for. If you're wondering what our thoughts about are on Patrick Beverly going to the Lakers, about Chet Holmgren playing against pros for the first time and getting injured, Everything, like how we feel about Brooklyn, how Cooper feels about Brooklyn and KD returning there. Make sure to tune in Saturday night when that premieres. We will be in person, have an extra, extra long podcast for you. So, Cooper, I cannot wait for that. Same, bro. I can't wait. Absolutely. Well, you have a great night, my friend. Yes, sir. You too.